fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, welcome back to another episode of In The Huddle EP202. Now, the last episode that we did, which obviously aired on Friday, right? It was actually our 100th episode on Can You Dick Sports, Mm. which I really didn't get to highlight because you know how we are in the huddle. We get right to the business. We don't play around. We don't sugarcoat. We don't talk about our lives. We don't talk about our wives. We don't, even though I'm, you know, I don't have a wife. I just want to make that clear. But yeah, we don't talk about a whole lot of stuff, you know, outside of our lives and deal with the gossip. We just get right to the point. We do what we come to do, and we stick to that formula. And that's just what we we are. And we just didn't get to highlight that the fact that we are 100 deep in. Can you think sports? Obviously. We 200 now because we've been doing this before Can You Dig Sports. We've been doing this in college, before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and I would say still during the pandemic because we're not after the pandemic because people still catching COVID. But, ladies and gentlemen, wow. What went on during the weekend cannot be explained. I don't even think words can explain what we saw in the sports world over the weekend, especially when it comes to the NFL. Now, granted, there was things happening all around sports, right? From tennis to the NBA, college football, the national championship game is tonight. So much things. Clay Thompson, I want to shout out that brother as well. He came back the first time in two years. And we all know if you watch the NBA, a lot has changed in two years. A lot. Mm-hmm. And the brother, just seeing him out there on the floor and looking like Ventures Clay, looking like he didn't lost a step, it's very good for this Warriors team in the league in general. Unfortunately, I would love to dive into that topic a little further. It may be during the week. We'll get to that. But, you know, the NFL, so much things has happened that I can't even touch other sports because they hit me with the left, they hit me with the right, and I'm ready to talk about it tonight here on the show or rather this afternoon with the fellas and the boys on in the huddle on this usual Monday that we do, you know the Freddie system is on deck. He's here. He's he's ready to roll. He's right here. He's amped up, and he's looking good. I want to start <laughs> off with you, Freddie. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Always always a pleasure to be here on a Monday. You and Zay like to get it in, and we got a lot to get into, boy. Oh, yeah. You ain't lying about that. Zay, my guy Zay was out last week. You know, um, Zay, I hope you're feeling good today. I hope you're ready to roll. And I hope everything is going good on your end. How you doing, Zay? Hey, man. The last couple of weeks have been kicking my behind. But, you know, life is like a slingshot. I get pulled back a little bit just to propel forward. So, you know, mm. this is the next step forward. And I can't wait to talk some sports because this weekend was electric, to say the least. We had the group chat going crazy, talking back and forth about the sports world. And, um, you know, I think it's something that a lot of people are going to love this episode for sure. So let's let's get into it. It's not like that in the huddle group chat that we got here, man. We be cracking on dudes. I mean, the saying goes, and our saying goes, what happens in the huddle stays in the huddle. And ladies and gentlemen, you're in the huddle. Let's get right to it. Topic number one. Now, unfortunately, because there's so much to talk about, I want to go off the grid here. I want to play with the rules. I want to bend the rules a little bit and actually go to what was coming later to start off because it dawned on me. Today is Black Monday, all right? Today is Black Monday, 
in the NFL. And it's unfortunate. And I want to start by saying this. I don't know why everything black got to be bad. You know, like the black cat, the black rat, the the uh, black Monday. You know, why they got to name it black Monday when coaches are getting fired? You know, I don't find it that um, hard to believe because most coaches that end up do get fired or not hired is black coaches. I guess that's why they call it <clears throat> black Monday. But, yep, today is black Monday. And some coaches learn their fate today. Some coaches is going to be on the unemployment line tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you so far who those coaches are. And if we get any updates from the time that we recording this show throughout the duration of the show, we'll let you know who got the hammer like MC Hammer. Let's start off with these guys that we have here on deck that lost their jobs today. Matt Nagy, Mike yep. Zimmer, and surprisingly, I didn't see this coming, I'll tell you that. Um, Brian Flores got the hammer <laughs> this morning as well. So, Zay, I'm looking at you, brother. I know you was off last week, brother. I'm going to get you right to work. What are your biggest takeaways from these firings? What shocked you, if any? Or which one you want to go deeper into? Well, I thought um, Brian Flores saved his job by the second half of the season, the way they performed. I thought, you know, they went 8-1 and one, uh, the last nine weeks, you know, and they, beat, they just beat the Patriots as well. You know, they, they were well on their way onto, uh, you know, what looked like a promising next season, the way they played. You know, they actually finally had a full, healthy roster. Um, everybody was playing on all cylinders. Tua was showing his potential, what he could be as a quarterback on um, his last nine weeks and how he played so well. Um, you know, despite that loss they had against the Titans, everything else, every other week looked great. The defense was stout. Um, everything on the Dolphins was moving on all cylinders, what we expected the Dolphins to be early in the season when they first came in. Um, it, it just seemed like, for whatever reason, um, the Dolphins had a different idea in mind. They didn't want him as a coach any any longer. And I'm just confused by the Dolphins' tactics because I don't know who is going to be the guy to replace him at this current moment. Um, you know, there might be a rookie play caller going in there. Maybe that's the, the um, identity they want to bring in, a fresh a fresh face, someone who's not a lot, who's, uh, I guess, new to the locker room, a, a guy who will be the quote-unquote players, uh, players coach. Because I know a lot of times when new coaches walk into locker rooms, they try to win the locker room first. And then build their identity as the years goes on. So maybe that's the kind of message they want to push to the players. Like, all right, little listen, we're here for you guys. We're blah 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 blah. But I thought Brian Flores did a great job. I think like the last second, the second half of the season, he did a great job. He had to work with a lot of mediocrity early in the season. The, the Dolphins looked terrible early in the season. Um, and that's that. You know, I, I was definitely calling for Brian Flores' job early in the year too. I was like, why is he he on the hot seat? Or but that second half of the season, he looked really good. Um, Mike Zimmer, I'm glad he got fired. I'm, 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 I'm just sick of everything Minnesota. <laughs> I'm just, I'm glad he got fired. You know, I, I was hoping that, you know, Kirk Cousins got fired. I feel like he deserves to blame more than anyone else in the world. But Mike Zimmer got fired, you know, and I, I you know, I would never call for somebody's job. You know, I, I feel like that's, that's disrespectful, to say the least. But Zimmer, he, he just has not been getting it done in Minnesota. And I think, um, you know, they needed a fresh face and maybe hopefully Kirk Cousins is receptive to this new guy that goes in there, the, a new play caller, because maybe it gets it puts him at another pedestal. Because um, Kirk Cousins early in his career when he was a, a Redskin, or now Washington football team, um, he was playing inspiring football. He looked like he was a gritty, a gritty worker, someone who wants to win games, someone who wants to be on the field. And then since that moment, I haven't seen that same fire from him. So hopefully this new coach brings that new fire and um, instills and, and that into Kirk Cousins and gets him into that quarterback that's at least above average. You know, he has a roster that's above average. He needs to be that player to at least put him over the, you know, over the hump because you have so many talents on that team. Um, I think those two firings, um, one being well-needed, the other being I'm not too sure about. 
um, Freddy System, talk to me. What do you? What comes to your mind when you hear of these firings? Well, the first thing that came to my mind, believe it or not, was um, it was Zimmer, right? And, and like Zay just brought up, you know, since 2017, Zimmer has been um, trending down, right? They went to the championship game, I want to say 2017, versus the Eagles at Philadelphia. They had a promising team. They said they was missing a quarterback. But I said, if Zimmer deserved to get fired, then the GM should get fired as well. Because he brought in Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think he okay? did. He did. I think he, he, he did. Right, he brought in Kirk Cousins. So here it is. Mike Zimmer took a team without Kirk Cousins to a championship game. Right? And people said that roster defensively and offensively was stout. And he was ready to go in the move, but he needed a quarterback. The GM gave him Kirk Cousins, and the team trended down. See, me, I'm looking at that quarterback play, okay? And I said, this team trended down, and Kirk Cousins got Mike Zimmer fired. See, Zay, you said the right thing. Kirk Cousins should get fired as well, because Kirk Cousins is the reason why Mike Zimmer is getting fired today. That's the reason. And the GM right now should be fired as well. Because he brought in Kirk Cousins. You thought Kirk Cousins was going to be a good addition to this team? And it wasn't. They trimmed it down every single year since Kirk Cousins came here. And he got, a like a, I think, a $90 million deal guaranteed. So that's the first thing that came to mind, that Mike Zimmer lost his job because of quarterback play. Bottom line. Now, as far as uh, Brian Forrest... I just want to um, throw this in there real quickly. The GM actually did get fired. That's why oh, I was going to bring it. Oh, okay. Fired too. Then, yeah. You know what? Then guess what? Then the owner is taking his situation and saying, you know what? I got to hold that GM accountable. I'm glad. I'm a uh, good, good update. Good update. I'm glad that he did get fired. Because to me, he deserved it. If Mike mm -hmm. Zimmer got to get fired, he got to get fired too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Now, as far as um, Brian Forrest, listen, the Miami Dolphins is on the verge of becoming a dysfunctional franchise. When you draft a quarterback that high and you get... Um, head coach and you can see that it was some promising and then you keep turning over and turning it over and turning it over that's how you become a dysfunctional franchise a la the Jets uh, a la Jacksonville this is how it becomes this is the start of it you cannot take a marriage head coach um, rookie quarterback or, or first round draft pick quarterback and then you see promising because we saw promising from the Miami Dolphins and then they fired them what is that going to do for Tua Bringing a new head coach, new system. This is going to be his third system. What are, we, what are we doing here? Okay. All they're going to do is run Tua out of the business. He's going to be a backup somewhere in two, three years from now. They're going to hire another head coach, and that's how you become a dysfunctional franchise. That was a bad firing right there. Clearly African-American uh, quarterback, but clearly just a bad firing. Whether he was black or white, that's a bad firing. And Miami Dolphins is going to pay for that moving forward. As far as Chicago... He deserved it. I thought he should have got fired week one. I'm just keeping it real. I've been calling it on my show since week one. Matt Nagy needs to go. Okay? He was brought there to do a job, and clearly he haven't done it. Okay? Chicago had a great roster when he first got there. Okay? They had a lot of talent, defensively and offensively, and all he did was trend downward. Okay? Your coach supposed to elevate the team, and he put the team under 500. Good night. Yeah. Um... Man, you know, quick, quick thing before you get in there, quick thing. And I just want to say this because this is actually just getting at me. Brian Flores gets fired after going eight and one in nine weeks, second half of the season. Joe Judge still has a job. 
I mean, hey, you be the judge. Get it? I mean, look. <laughs> Yo, so we go to this. That's real. That's real right there. We go to this um, head coaching firing from Brian Flores' perspective. I want to start there because it really shot me. It was one of those that came up on the TV screen, and I couldn't believe what I just saw. You know, like I said, off air, I had a long night. You know what I'm saying? I was up till about 4 o'clock in the morning. I thought I happened to wake up, and I still had to clear my eyes. And, and you know, like, what's going on? Wait a little bit. Wait, hold up. And my seeing was on the TV properly. And clear, the real little can see. My vision, I can see what's going on in China right now. I got good eyesight. Thank you. I hope to keep that same eyesight, you know? But, yeah, let's start off there. You see, the report that came out is that there has been a disconnect, a mutual disconnect with Tua, Brian Flores, and I guess at the top. There was something going on there, which I guess led to him being given the hammer. That's basically what I'm hearing. His relationship with Greer and Tua had deteriorated to a pretty bad place now i'm not sure what's going on in the ins and outs of that but what i can tell you is that i do believe that the dolphins will regret this firing at the end of the day you're not going to like everybody that you meet or work with trust me i've been in those places where i don't like a soul that i'm working with but the day you're there to get a job and a task at hand accomplished and i think brian flo is being that leader because he is a leader would have propelled you there to that point a guy that when there was balls, was ready to fight for his players. You remember that game against the Bengals where he was ready to step up and show that Brooklyn side for his players, right? A guy that wasn't scared to make in-game changes and substitutions at the quarterback position when he knew his quarterback was looking like straight booty cheeks out there. And he said, you know, I'm going to sub him out and I'm going to put the guy that gives me the best chance to win. And you know why nobody criticized him for it? Because they won those games when he did it. And that was guts. That was gambles, but it paid off. When they went 7-1 and, and, and one at one point in the season in the second half, I thought that did enough to secure his job because that signified to me that this team is playing for Brian Flores. Now, when it comes to Tua, and hallelujah, when it comes to Tua, right? When we look at this cat, first of all, we could go back on Real Little TV on YouTube, bro. Self-promotion here. We can go back on Real Little TV. I said that was a failed experiment. Nobody should have went after Tua. Why? Because his injury history. That was something that I looked at. I'm like, listen, this guy always get hurt, number one. He had that major hip surgery that can end careers, end football careers. And I knew that was going to take a little bit of that mobility out of his game. That, that from the start, the injury right there would have threw me off. I would have went Justin Herbert or I would have tried to trade up and drive Joe Burrow. And I'm pretty sure, looking at the hindsight, they would have felt they should have done the same thing. They had a high pick last year as well. I believe they picked in the top 10 in last year's draft. If you saw from those games that two were played and you're like, listen, maybe we got it wrong. One and done. Let's move up and let's get a quarterback. You saw what Kyle Shanahan was able to do. He was nowhere in that top 10. He traded up. To draft Trey Lance. That could have been you. Draft this Trey Lance or somebody else here. But no. It is what it is. But also I do want to say this. This guy Stephen Ross. He's the owner of the Dolphins. He ain't playing no games. And I know how it is to be in a situation. Because I, I, I would say I'm going through it right now. In my own personal life. Where you feel you at one point, And you just ready to just. Listen man I need to win. I need things to happen. But I need things to go. You just start hitting the panic button. And sometimes you make mistakes when it comes to that. 
right? Sometimes it's just like, all right, let's get rid of this dude. This guy's about 200 years old, bro. He's 200 years old. He's about to get called home, bro. He's about to get packed up, bro. He wants to win. That's why they was in the Sean Watson conversations throughout the balance of the regular season. They're like, the hell with the legal allegations. I'm trying to win a damn football championship, bro. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl before God calls me home. So he hit the panic button, and I think this firing will come back to regret. Well, he will come back to regret this firing. It is what it is. When we get to the Vikings and we look at Mike Zimmer, Zim Zimmer, Mike Zimmer here, right? This was right on the wall. I thought he should have got fired last year. His offensive scheme and paralysis just so played out to me. And granted, you don't have to be this heavy passing attack, right? But at the end of the day, I think we live in a different time. I think this is a time of the spread offices, you know, throwing it down the football field, explosiveness, having an explosive quarterback. And I think his philosophy, running the football defense, it could win you regular season games for sure. No doubt about it. You could win that way. You can scheme and dream your way to a playoff run with that same system. Ask Kevin Skafanski. But number one, you're going to need a quarterback that's going to elevate you in times where you need him to elevate you and break crucial moments. Kirk Cousins clearly wasn't that guy, but still, that offense wasn't going to fly over in my house. I thought it was played out. I thought he causes team games as well as Kirk Cousins did as well, as well as the GM for making him go out there and get Kirk Cousins and paying him $85 million that clearly wasn't worth it. And also, you do have to look at this situation. Once again, I respect everybody's, you know, um, humane decisions when it comes to what's going on in the world. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. And I'm not trying to be a doc. Everybody got to do what's best for them. And I am doing that in my life too. But when it comes to Kirk Cousins, he missed a pivotal game against the Packers last week. You know, because obviously he wasn't vaccinated. He missed that game. That probably would have cost him. Even though it's a night game, prime time, he probably would have been there. He probably would have lost anyway. But still, they would have had a better chance than rocking with this guy named Sean Mannion out of Oregon State University. Mm. So at the end of the day, where I feel... Both Kirk Cousins, the GM, and Mike Zimmer cost their team. And I think two out of the three is, is gone. And I think the third one needs to be gone too. Kirk Cousins going down the line going forward. And you might as well start a rebuild situation. I think it's a lucrative job from the sense that if you're a coach on a market, one of the things you need to look at is the structure of an organization. Is this organization known for winning? Right? The Steelers. As much as I get on Tomlin, and I want to make that clear, I never called him a bad coach. I just said he was overrated because people had him top five. I don't think he's top five. I have eight to nine guys that I would take over Mike Tomlin. But what I would credit Mike Tomlin for is that the Steelers are a consistently good run, good ran organization every year. And that also got to be credited to the owner as well. So yeah. if I'm the Vikings, I, if I'm the coach on the market, I look at the scene. They're always in the playoffs for the most part. I will look at that and say, all right, that's lucrative, but we do have to figure out the quarterback situation there going forward. As we get to the Bears here, the Chicago Bears, once again, I told this joke um, early in the year. I would rather go to the Bronx Zoo and see two Bears dugging it out than watching this offense, bro, on any given Sunday. It's terrible. They have so much weapons over there. And, Freddie, you said the point earlier that over the last couple of years, they had weapons. Yeah, they still do. Their defense may not be as stout as it was right. at one point in the prime when they made that Khalil Mack deal, but it's right. still a defense that can win you games. And I've seen way worse. 
They still got offense and talent at the skills position. Look what they did in the loss against the Packers. They barely threw the football. They put up 30 points. Because the guys, the Mary's Bird, not the Mary's Bird, deep. Yeah, the Mary's Bird. I'm right. The Mary's Bird, where he could do one after the catch. Good win. You know, Allen Robinson was heavily underutilized. That's the coaching ever. That's your best wide receiver on your team. And he was heavily underutilized this year. Like he didn't exist. Like he was invincible. Right? And you also got uh, Donald Mooney. That's a star. With a quarterback, he would have broke out already. So they got the talent. I think it's still a lucrative job for a coach. Depending on how Justin Fields evolved, which I think he showed signs that he could evolve his game and he could be a starting quarterback. So I think that's a lucrative job as well. So three jobs that I feel that are open, that's pretty lucrative, that I would highly consider. If I'm an Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore, Brian Leverage, Jim Carville, the list goes on, Doug Peterson, I would look at those jobs right there and say, okay, these are the jobs that I would take an interview for and highly consider. But any last (laughs) words on this um, topic? I just want to say one thing about Mike Tomlin <clears throat> because um, I think what, a lot of, what, I, what I see as Mike Tomlin is he has the cards stacked up against him as a black head coach in the NFL and being in the NFL for so long um, and winning games, having winning seasons. Um, I think it's easy for a lot of people to look at his accolades and say, oh, well, look at the roster he has had. But if this was a white coach, they would have been listing him as a Hall of Fame coach already. You know, I think Mike Tomlin has a lot of like, he gets a lot of gripe. Because of a lot of situations that happened within the Steelers seasons um, on a, on a um, year-to-year basis, you know they had the AB Ben Roethlisberger feud, and then they had the Le'Veon Bell the issue, boys. and um, you know and, uh, the Juju, and they had that they that had that little the, That's what they that little the spat, boys. um, and you know they look they look at that like, oh, why doesn't Mike Tomlin have his locker room in order? You know, and, but it, it's weird because like no other coach has to, no other coach really faces that unless they want him out of there already or they want him out of the league. And then I think Mike Tomlin has done a lot with a lot of the stuff he faces, but then also like he produces wins. Like this guy's record is impeccable to say the least. You know, I understand he only has one Super Bowl, but he gets his team to the where they need to go on a, on a week, year-to-year basis. You know, then some season when AB got hurt, he got that that big concussion by uh, Brissett, uh, and that 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 kind of hindered their their um championship run at that time too. So. I mean, I, to me, Tomlin is, a, is one of those, like, elite coaches. And I just, you know, I think we should praise him. I don't see no other team out here doing TikTok videos, bro. So I'm not about <laughs> to play the black and white card, even though there's still a level of components where a racial thing exists. We all know there's a racial component to the NFL, whether yeah. it be starting quarterbacks in the league, whether it be head mm-hmm. coaches, whether it be at ownership, which is the, there is a lack of ownership in our um, minority standings clear not i don't believe there's not one maybe one a uh, minority but it's not african-american so we all know there's a um racial component to ownership and, and head coaching and i don't want to come at the one black coach that really has gotten a fair opportunity to be able to consistently coach each in each year out on one specific team but like i said before i don't believe he's a top five coach I don't believe there's other coaches or teams out here doing TikTok videos before the game or after the game. They're the TikTok boys. And I feel like if you're a coach, right, granted, I'm not going to penalize him for a- the A-B situation. Like, I'm, I'm really not. I Granted, it got out of hand, but he was talented. He was in the prime of his career, A-B I'm speaking to here. And you kind of got to tolerate that till you can't tolerate that no more, which obviously it came a point where he got traded. I'm, it's nothing about A-B, about the fact that I thought in their prime with the killer bees, right? A B Le'Veon Bell 
and um Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback that I thought they should have had a couple more championships. And I also leave it like this before I get Cousin back in here because he looked like he ready to jump in. I will also yeah. say that he reminds me of Doc Rivers in the NBA, bro. They won. He won one championship with the Celtics, a good team, and he won one. And he's had good teams ever since, but he hasn't won yet again. And he kind of get that. Everybody gets fired. Every African-American gets fired, right? Look at Nate McMillan with the Pacers. They get fired and get the hammer. But the two guys that seem to withstand all that is Mike Tomlin and Doc Rivers in the NBA. And that's the comparison I'm sticking by. Well, um, there's a lot of Hall of Fame coaches in the NFL that got one Super Bowl. There's Hall of Fame coaches in the NFL that never won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid lost a lot of championship games because of his coaching status. Talking to a Philadelphia Eagle fan, and he don't get nearly the blame. He got a lot of great teams in Philadelphia that should have won a championship, and he don't get nearly the blame. It wasn't until he got Patrick Mahomes, okay, and he won his Super Bowl. Remember, he lost the Super Bowl as well. Mike Tomlin went to two Super Bowls. Let's be fair here. He went to two. He won one. He lost one. Same thing like Andy Reid. Multiple championship games. Same thing like Andy Reid, and Andy Reid is a first ball Hall of Famer in everybody's eyes. So we got to be fair. He won one yeah, last and, year. I mean, two years ago. I mean, he bro. won in the present day. Andy Reid did last year with another one. Bro, you got to talk I mean, about what are we talking about here. Did, do, if you, when we talk about Hall of Fame, do we talk about present day or all day resume? You talk about all day resume, but what no, I'm saying. So when you talk, that's what I'm talking about. He has Hall of Fame status, just like Andy Reid. When, they, when we look at right. him in the yeah, Hall of Fame, yeah. I'm not saying it's right. not a question about him being in the Hall of Fame. I never said then, he was a bad then, coach. Then, I said then, he was you, overrated. I'm telling right. you the reason why you're he's not overrated. You're not really overrated if you're a Hall of Fame coach. That's super oh. debatable. There's not only one coach overrating only, in the sense that he's not a top five one coach. coach. There's only one coach currently in the NFL right now that you can really say that's better than Mike Tomlin. One. One. Bill Belichick. One. I said that's it's debatable after that. It's debatable. Not the, it's not debatable. It's oh, not. Who's these coaches? Name them. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. He got two more. Sean Shanahan got two more. Kyle Shanahan got two more. But bro, from the exes, bro, from the exes, it was good. Do we have a championship? What was his best quarterback? What was his best quarterback? What was his best quarterback? Do we have a championship? Hello. What was his best quarterback? You play to win the game. That's it. Do we have a championship? Who was his best quarterback? Do we what have team, a championship? What team did this cat have inherited? You got, I got a, I'm going with wins. Do you go with wins? Do you, do you know the honesty of, of Washington Trump? Do, do you know anything about that? I don't care about none of that. Mike Tomlin got a championship. I'm not going to disrespect Years ago, bro. Years ago. He had a better team since then. It do, I don't care if he was his first season. Do you have a championship? Listen, when we, we talk about best coaches, I'm talking about today. I don't give a damn about 2010. I, see, I don't give a I damn about 2011. I just right? told you about When I did my coaches list I this year with resume. Zach and Zay, I, I said best coaches going into this year. I don't give a damn about that's Hall of Fame talk. We're not talking that's about it. Hall of Fame. That's what I'm talking not about. talking about Hall of Fame. So listen, when I when I make a debate, when I make a debate. Yeah, you right. got you got you you know you got your own formula for your debate. You, you go back in time, right? bro. I'm not going, going back pick, in the day. I'm not going to pick Dwight Howard over a current uh, uh, center right now. Dwight Howard is not playing. Right? This is what I'm, I'm saying. talking about. The you coaches who are point, coaching bro. today. I'm, you're missing the point. I mean, he's playing, but not over Joel Clay. But once upon a time, Dwight Howard was a great player, 
and he's a Hall of Fame status player. I'm not going to disrespect his resume. I'm not going to disrespect Mike Tomlin's resume. Okay? I am not talking about do more with less. Hall of Fame. He's clearly a Hall of Famer. Clearly. This is not okay. a topic. I never brought up the topic of it. Topic okay, that so said, that oh, he's not a Hall of Famer. So, what I said. So you, you, you missed over every point that I said after that. But, but I'm, the one that, I'm the one that brought this topic to the table. I'm the one that brought it to the table. I know. I said, I just said everything is debatable. You're taking it too hard. It's debatable. Nobody's clear cut better than Mike Tomlin, only Bill Belichick. What do you think else is debatable? No, no. You see, I don't know how the hell you look at head coaches here. I wish Zach was on the show here to tell you the shreds. Okay, yeah, I don't care what Zach say. What Zach? You say to tell all be all? Trust me. No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll Zach, tell you. Me and Shad. He don't mean nothing to me. What are you talking about? I wish Zach was here. He should have thought because he's he's a coaches, and he'll tell you right now. I don't care about that. But look, my thing that I brought to the table. I don't know how the hell we got into a Hall of Fame debate. I said that amongst people you that I talked to and that I know in the media still considers Mike Tomlin a top five coach present day, not 1999, in 2021. And what I'm saying is that he's overrated in the sense that he's not a top five coach in 2021. I'm talking about X's and O's. I'm talking about everything that you categorize as a resume for a coach right now in this, in this year. Kyle Shanahan will run circles around his cat. This guy okay. needed help and to get Kyle the playoffs Shanahan, this year. Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have took Pittsburgh to the playoffs this year. Bet money on that. Oh, really? We know we know about that? I know that. We know about fact. that? You know that's a fact. You know that fact. I know that. Okay. All right. I guess you know it. I he wouldn't have took Pittsburgh to the playoffs this year. He wouldn't have took Pittsburgh to the playoffs this year. No disrespect. And watch Pittsburgh one and done. Watch him get lit up by Kansas City. So what? So what? He's playing with a quarterback that's way under par. Ben Roethlisberger is not no starting quarterback no more. I want to see how they rebound after that. And look, like I said, what y'all trying to do is y'all trying to get me to a point where it seems like I'm bashing Mike Tomlin and I got to stay for Mike Tomlin. I made one specific point and I'm sticking by it and I'm not okay. going to let you and me on to throw this Everything under the bus. I'm, that's not my debate. It's that's not my agenda. My agenda is not to put a bad name on a black African-American coach. I made one point. I'm going to stick by it, and I'm not going to allow nobody on this show to aid me on it going further to win yeah. a debate. I'm just not. I made my point. You, it's clear. Right. And I'm You're not doing the same thing for Andy Reid. Andy Reid won a Super Bowl last uh, two He's years got, ago. Look, at the, look who we got a quarterback. Okay. And the same <laughs> quarterback on the Cliff Kingsbury that then barely won in my college. Son. Listen, it doesn't matter. If he had a young stud like that, I'm quite sure the Pittsburgh Steelers would be better right now. I mean, listen, he got to a Super Bowl before, and he won another, and he got to more Super Bowls than Mike Tomlin. I don't understand the debate here. Who got more Super Bowls than Mike Tomlin? Who? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Mike Tomlin been to... Yeah. Come on, football historian. Okay. What's going on, brother? They won one. They won one. Well, we're out there. We're out there, you know, read this as a debate. Like I said, my intention is never to throw another African-American under the bus because I get on my platform and I use my platform to speak out against the injustices of the NFL and how it treats black coaches and ownership. But at the same time, I'm going to keep it real how I see it. And I'm not going to use that as a way to sit here and, and try to be kind of and dance tap dance around what I feel is true. And what I feel is true is that I felt that he was overrated in the sense that he's not a top five coach. I take eight to 10 dudes and I say eight this year. I'll take eight over Mike Tomlin. And listen, I could name you those you. eight, but I'm we were headed for I, time. Listen, I hear you, but what you're missing the point is, it's debatable, bro.
That's debatable. We'll have to see. When we come back from this commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, that was just the appetizer. We got more to go. We actually got to get into the games that took place yesterday. And boy, I have a funny feeling that you don't want to miss this. We'll be right back on In the Huddle. Stay locked in. The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Dig, dig, dig. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on In the Huddle. It is time to move on to the games that we saw yesterday. And there's one game in particular. Well, there's a lot. But there's one game that really had me up all night. And that was the Raiders and the Chargers. When I tell you, this is probably game of the year. It was damn close. And it was a way to end what's been a very good year in the NFL as playoffs or here. The Raiders stopped the Chargers 35-32 to in overtime to clinch a playoff spot with the Chargers head coach Brandon Staley facing criticism for calling timeout, for calling timeout in a possible tie scenario. Should Staley be receiving that criticism? And this is a two-part question, ladies and gentlemen, so let me start again. Should Staley be receiving those criticisms for that particular call? And should Brandon Staley's poor decisions make him a one-and-done coach for the Chargers? Brandon, you took a timeout there with 38 seconds left before the third and fourth. Why, why did you take a timeout there? Yeah, we needed to get in the right grouping. We felt like they were going to run the ball, so we wanted to get our best 11 personnel run defense in, um, make that substitution so that we could, you know, get a play where we would deepen the field goal. Derek Carr said after the game that that timeout changed their mentality. Do you think that had any reason to do with them? And, and I don't think it changed their mindset because they were going to run the ball on the play before, and then they ran the ball the very next play. So we wanted to make sure that we got our run defense in there, um, and we, you know, we obviously didn't execute well enough, but we wanted to get our premium one-back run defense in here, and that's what we did. Two-part question. I'm feeling Freddie. I'm feeling his energy. I'm very good at feeling energies, especially my cousin's energy. Hmm. Let's go. Talk to me. Well, let's let's start from the top. Um, is the L.A. Chargers better than the Las Vegas Raiders? Absolutely. They got a better team. They got more talent. They got a better quarterback. So with that being said, he's supposed to win the game, right? What affected the game, coaching? You go for it on third down and uh, at your own 18? I mean, fourth down at your own 18? What are you doing? You think you're playing the game? What are you, this is a video game? No. This is embarrassing human beings. I don't care about these analytics that this dude continues to use and he continues to be aggressive. It's embarrassing he's losing football games. We got people that's been sacrificing since July, since training camp, dieting, exercising, dedicating themselves, okay? Sacrificing, getting hurt, getting surgeries. Why this dude is making idiotic decisions and putting his team in position to lose. If you're better than the team on the football field, we expect you to win and we expect you to go to the playoffs. Why? Because you're supposed to be a better head coach. Clearly you wasn't because you don't have, they have a, you have a superior football team than the Las Vegas Raiders. You got a superior quarterback. Why did you lose this game, bro? That's you. You need to look in the mirror, okay? He have to look in the mirror and say to himself, dial it back. Should it be one and done? No, because I don't think no hiring should go one and done unless you're Urban Meyer, right? The Urban Meyer situation, you got to be one and done. I don't think he did enough to say one and done, but he needs a lot of backlash. He needs a reality check, and he needs to dial it back 
the old school coaches for 60 years all wasn't foolish, all wasn't wrong, and some of them were very intelligent, and some of them were also very great. You can learn from that. I didn't say you can't never use analytics, but you can't just go to analytics every single time for a scenario and say, this is the right answer. Actually, it's not. Okay? And that's what he continues to do, and that's why he continues to get backlash. Yes, the timeout was idiotic. They looked like they was going for the tie. What are you doing, bro? You, you, you're trying to be the smartest man in the room, but you wind up being the dumbest app, excuse me, on the, on, on the football field. What are you doing? What are, what are you doing? And if I was on this team, okay, I'll be looking at the head coach sideways. And if I was a free agent that could sign back with this team, I might choose not to because I don't think this head coach is intelligent enough to guide me to a championship. If I got Justin Herbert, we're supposed to be winning a Super Bowl within the next five years. That's what Justin Herbert talent says. That's what their talent says as wide receiver on the defensive end. This team should be in the Super Bowl in five years. With that head coach, I don't see it. I'm going to jump right in here real quickly here. I'm saying I'm sorry to cut in front of you, brother. You look like you was ready to, to say something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this question here and dial it back a little bit. Because I feel that this is going to be one of them topics that gets us going again, just like the last topic. But I'm going to answer this question. First of all, let me answer the question. This is a two-part question. I'm going to say that no, that the, he should not be receiving the criticism for that timeout. I'm going to explain why in a second. Also, I do not think he should be a one-and-done coach, and that's probably as far as I'm going to agree with Freddie here on this topic. Um, all right, so let's start off with that timeout. Bro, I think sometimes as humans, you know, we tend to shoot down the conspiracy theories a lot, but when it actually comes down to actually using logic in a particular conversation, we don't do so. Now, logic will tell you that you played the whole damn game. Why the hell would you play for a tie towards the end when you're on a 46-yard line, almost in field goal range, one of the best field goal kickers in the damn league, never missed a kick in the stadium? It's third and four. I looked at the play when he called timeout. They were not in their formation. What they were going to do was the same thing they ended up doing on third and four, which is running the football. That the Chargers showed throughout the game that they couldn't stop. They want to run the football and then kick a field goal. They was not going to take a knee. You mean to tell me as a coach you're going to look at your guys and say, well, we played that whole entire game with a chance to win the game and I'm going to take a knee here for the tie against my rivals? Is that logical? No, it's not logic. You would not do that. Dan Carl said after the game, right, he tried to dial it back a little bit, but he said I was playing to win the game. I'm pretty sure everybody else on the floor was too. When you're up 26 to 14 in the game, in the fourth quarter, you mean to tell me you're going to allow the Chargers to come back in the game so you can tie? No, you're not going to do that. You're going to win the game. So they were going to do exactly what they ended up doing on the next play, which is run the football, take the time all the way down, and kick a long field goal. That's all they were going to do. So I think we need to dial back on that Brandon Staley timeout issue. Now, right. was there other calls that we could go back into? Yeah, we can but at the same time, I find it hard to believe with a field goal kicker who hasn't missed a kick in that stadium that you will play the entire game to get close to a field goal range to not kick a field goal at the top. I don't care who said what. I'm not right. buying it. You're no, going to win that game. I agree with you on that. I, I, I don't think his timeout necessarily was a major factor. I think that could be overblown fear. But if you call a timeout, you should stop the run. Right? If you got to go change the play and you call timeout, then you probably should have been in a, a goal line defense to guarantee stop the run. You know they're going to run? 
How about stopping it? They didn't and, do and, that. And, and, and that's they the wanted to get the first to... down, and that's how they kicked the field goal. And, and that's the thing that I'm trying to get to when it comes to this Brandon Staley was being overlooked is the damn analytics and, and everybody getting their feelings about these analytics and stuff like that. Granted, these are points on the board. We, we can sit here and look at that dynamic. But what's being blindsided is that the Chargers have an historically bad defense that is terrible. That gave up a third and 23 right before halftime when the Raiders said, I'm going to run the football third and 23 and they gave them a first down in a P.I. call. Right after that, when Derek Carr, first of all, it shouldn't have been a P.I. call, but why the hell are you grab it anyway? Because he threw it 20 yards away from his receiver, and it was a pass interference. So it was being blindsided. <laughs> Granted, you can blame Brandon Staley for that. He's a defensive mind. I'm not mad at you. Their defense is bad and terrible, and when you're going to sit here, Fred, and say, oh, this team is superior. Do they got more talent than the Raiders? Yes. Clear. They do. But they're not far superior because this defense yeah. is terrible. They the Raiders got a better defense than the Chargers. Listen, that, the Raiders got a better defense, but the Chargers got the better quarterback, bro. Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback. It's Justin Herbert better than Derek Carr. Yes. Justin Herbert is much better than him. And Derek Carr been in the league longer than I Justin Herbert. It's a jumping bro. Yeah, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. And real quickly, Zay, I'm going to leave it. Go ahead, Zay. Go ahead. I'll do my second lap out. Well, before I get into my take, I just wanted to pull up a, a quote that the head coach said, the Raiders head coach said, um, that he admits he certainly considered just playing the tie to Chargers until Josh Jacobs ran a run, put them in field goal range. So um, if that time it wasn't called, there's a potential that the Raiders would have just played the clock out and tied the game, and they both would have went into the playoffs. Zay, can you see this? Um, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see the way how they were lined up on the play on the phone? Yeah, like, like slightly, slightly, yeah. And that doesn't yeah. look like a nail formation. That looks like they're going to want to play. So that, that's what that's what the Raiders head coach has had came out and said. He was certainly considering He said playing. Him. That's what it is. Go so, um, I think he was content if they would have stopped the run that he was just going to run out the clock. Possibly, right. but I think they would have tried to field goal, me personally, but, you know. Yeah, 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 that's my thing was that um, I don't think the Chargers should have called that timeout, and I think Brandon Staley should face criticism for that because I think he's been making a lot of questionable plays the entire season, and the one thing that he's shown us all season is that he doesn't trust his defense at all, and whatever reason, every time he calls a timeout to set his defense appropriately, the wrong play happens and they give up more yardage. So maybe they should just let him play out whatever situation and just let it continue that, like, just play that – that possession because whatever he did clearly didn't work before and it wasn't working the entire season. Um, I don't think Brandon Staley should be fired because I said this all season. The mm. Chargers are a very young team. They're going to have a lot of inconsistencies and unfortunately, it was the biggest game of the year and they had an inconsistent play. You know, it just it is what it is and I think um, that's it's a good learning curve for them. Not only for the coaching staff, the play callers, but also the young guys, the, play, the players themselves. I think next season is going to be a big year for the Chargers. They're going to hopefully um, get the defense bolstered through the draft and through free agency. And um, we're going to see a way better Chargers team next season opposed to what were they, how they look this year. You know, they weren't horrible this year. Their offense looked stout. Mike Williams, um, you know, emerged. No one assumed he would be as big of a receiver, mm -hmm. a big, as big as an option for this team going into the season. So he had a really big year, and I think that's a lot to look forward to. And I think this defense looks, um, you know, it doesn't look great, but that's good. Because then you know what to work on going into the offseason. You already know Austin Eckles are going to be there, Williams, Keenan Allen. So now you have all these players 
uh, on this roster uh, offensively. So now you have to focus on that defense and make sure the defense is stout, or at least play about average defense at least to get some stops. Then that's what we're charging me. You don't need a uh, top ten, top five defense. It's need at least a top fifteen defense or sixteenth defense rank just to get some stops. Because this defense couldn't stop anything. They couldn't stop a door from closing. So I think um, Brandon Staley he should get a lot of criticism for that um, that timeout. Just due to the fact that, like I said, it hasn't been working all year, and he's not, like I said, he hasn't been able to get this defense to get a, 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 an important stop throughout the entire year. So I don't know why that timeout was so crucial to him to get the right formations. It, basically, you just said it at the end of the close of your statement. It was basically they felt that they were going to run another play. And obviously, he said from his words that he wanted to get the right play. The right formation to be able to stop that play because it obviously was a crucial play that even with the timeout they didn't stop which is you know it makes him look foolish on that end but at the same time i could understand it from a logical perspective on why he called the timeout and i could understand why the raiders head coach is going to go over there and set trip because they called the timeout so now it makes it like oh i was going to have mercy on you anyway but you called the timeout everybody want to add a story to a story stop it stop it you know what cousin you know what, though? Hold up a second, man. Like, listen, I, I hear what you're saying. From from a logical perspective, they ain't stopping anyway. You're right. He's probably getting too much criticism for that particular call. Right? I think that's fair to say. But the reason why, and like you just said, use the word logic. Logically, why he's getting that criticism? Because he made a lot of bad calls all year. This is, he's not being criticized technically for this one call. He's being criticized on how he handled this football team all season people there's a lot of people and i believe there's people in that locker room people in that organization felt this coach lost games for them and you're going to get backlash every football game counts bro every one of them counts you can't be just throwing football games out the window and i think he threw a few out the window i, I would say this to to go back into that point even further i'm moving away first of all matter of fact let me let me stay in order here no sense of me leaving and coming back. I'll stay right there. When I look at Brandon Staley and his calls, right? I want to make this clear. When it came to the game against Kansas City, I understood why he went for it. Because I also know, and I'm a football god. Like, I love football, but I sleep, eat football. Right? Mm -hmm. I even dream football. And I know what the talk of the town is. Always. And the talk of the town, for the last couple seasons... Is that field goals do not beat Kansas City. Touchdowns do. Now, granted, that's why you have third down. You want to convert. You want to stay away from as much fourth downs as possible to make it easier for you and your offense. Clear. I'm not going to deny that. But I saw last year in the AFC Championship game, Buffalo had a 9-0 lead against the Chiefs, had some fourth and ones and fourth and a couple where they kicked field goals, and out of nowhere, the Chiefs turned it on, it was in the Super Bowl. I seen the lack of aggressiveness against the Chiefs. Browns, too, early in the year. I mean, in the divisional round. Punted, gave the ball back to Patty Mahomes. Then go for it on fourth down. I know it was a longer fourth down, but you gave the ball. Excuse me. Correction. Patrick Mahomes was out. But they gave the ball back to the Chiefs offense with a brilliant play caller, Andy Reid, on fourth and two, gambling with a backup quarterback to win the game. I see it time and time again. I watched the Chiefs, believe it or not. I know what the Chiefs do. I know once they smell blood, they're attacking you. So I didn't criticize them for that because some of it I felt was blindsided by the fact that there were drops on fourth downs. 
on some of those calls and it was fourth and one in the goal yard line when the play call was terrible when they decided to pass on a one yard line instead right. of running because so, think about that the play calling is terrible that's the coach yeah and that's why it's not dog, a, and it's not a good yeah. play call then it's the yeah, coach, that, that, that's still the coach but like i said it's everything here the way how bad their defense is some of the terrible play designs in those analytic plays or being blindsided by this analytic, non-analytic debate. No, and I feel like it's I, almost I, like this whole vaccination, unvaccination issue. We still living in a pandemic. Ain't nobody going to deny that. We still dealing with COVID. But now it became, I'm vaccinated, I'm unvaccinated. Now that's the debate. And COVID is out here taking everybody by storm. I feel right. like that's what it is with the charges. Is that, yeah, the charges definitely did not live up to expectations this year. They definitely felt that's part of the coaching right there. But once that one thing that's being decided or blindsided is the fact that everybody want to have this analytic conversation where it goes deeper than that. Right. But see, it do go deeper than that. But you got to understand this is professional sports. You're a head coach. You're going to get criticized when you lose. That's mm -hmm. a fact. And if you're analytics, if you're making questionable calls or calls that people might deem that's not popular, and it's not successful. You will get demonized. So, so he, he should embrace the backlash, understanding that when I'm making that call, if it don't go well, I'm going to receive the backlash. Yeah, Everybody should be surprised at him getting it. He's going to get it. That's what yeah, happens. I, I, and I and think he knows that. You know, he doubled well, down. I don't know. I don't know. Because and then, and then at the end of the day, this is how you lose your job. Because i tell you one thing. He won't be doing this for too long. He have another season like this where it's questionable calls, questionable analytics, and questionable calls. When you do go with the analytics and you ain't calling the right play, guess what? You won't be you will be out of the job, kid. This is professional sports. We don't wait around until you get it right. Get it right right now or go sit down. But it's not high school sports. It's What's underrated was being overlooked. It's a fact that the charges converted six out of seven fourth down conversions in this game. I yeah, picked up five separate fourth and tens. I yeah. mean, this hasn't been done in 40 years. So but, I guess you can say that the fact that they know that this is back to the ballpark, as usual, they go for it. They was able to convert on these fourth downs. Number one is crucial. It's a crucial time in the game. But they have a history of going for it. So it's another day at the ballpark. It's another day of running the offense out there in a situation where you need to play the analytics clearly. You're able to do so. And they was able to convert it. And that was historic right there. Justin Herbert played like a demon. Okay, so crazy. he played like a demon. So crazy. He made all the that goals, sidelines, middle of the field, the Mike he Williams, touchdowns, spectacular. But cousin, how the heck you going to justify going forward at your own eighteen? That's the head coach's call. I, mean, I think I don't think got, we, you don't think he deserves no criticism for that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, yeah, I, I would have had done it. I would have punted, but at the same time, the fact that he only gave up a field goal and they came back and, and actually took the lead. When I took the lead, they came back inside the game and got the overtime. You got There's so much things that transpired in that game that we're not going to go back. To I know. He's already going to be criticized for one point in the let's game. Let's also be fair. The end. You, okay, but let's be fair. Going forward on your 18-yard line is a turnover if you don't convert. That's what he did. He just cost his team a turnover. That's a turnover. He gave up three points. That's a turnover, bro. He didn't give a chance to punt, play defense, nothing. That's a turnover. That's a, just as good as an interception or fumble. That's what just happened. And the coach caused it, not the players. The players didn't cause that turnover. The coach did. 
That's a turnover. And we got to criticize him for that. And if we let this off the hook, then what are we really doing here? We shouldn't I mean, criticize look, they no came back. Did. They came back and tied the game. Like I said, no there's bigger fish to fry and bigger points in the game. That I, I got to listen. I got to listen. If you're giving up a, a run on 30-23, and you're not concerned with that over a damn call, then there's something wrong. Because a third oh. and 23, and you let them run for the first down, that's ridiculous. That's what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on a PI call before halftime when the ball was 20 yards away. I'm not that's here the, to have this analytic listen, conversation no more. Listen, I'm that's sorry. the players. The players, is, they should be held accountable. That's players. That's on the field. A coach has made a decision on fourth down. He... Gotta be criticized oh, for that. And if like he, I told and you, and if you, hold on a second. Hold the Chargers had 10 penalties in this Listen, game. I don't give a damn about that call. They, 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 they literally blew this game and they gave up points to the Raiders. Why are we okay. focusing on one call? You gave up points. And they gave up points and some bullshit ass PI call. But here's the thing. That's points. But here's the thing. Listen to this, bro. What happens if we don't criticize him? How the heck we feel comfortable criticizing any coach at any given moment? We shouldn't criticize no coaches. We can't let them off the hook with that call. We got to criticize them for it. And if we don't, then we shouldn't criticize no coaches. Whatever well, we coaches should, they should, we should be going got with. their philosophies. Just because I criticize I, it don't mean you have to You have to do the same thing. Yeah, Everybody got saying, their philosophies. I'm saying, I'm that's it. I'm not, it's not a debate them. about that. What but I'm that's saying is... That's why you get criticism from me. Because I criticize coaches for their decision-making. That was a bad decision. I'm going to criticize him for it. And he deserved backlash, bro. You've been making horrible calls all year. His team's like out I the said. playoffs. And, and you trying to tell me all the teams in the playoff currently is better than the Chargers? Listen, I picked the Raiders to win this game on Friday. I want to make that clear on in the huddle. Obviously, those who listen, they listen. I said the Raiders was going to win this game. And I literally predicted exactly how they were going to win it. Lil Shadamas on the mic. I mean, what are we doing here? We know it. One, two, three. Listen, I predicted that the Raiders was going to win the game in the trenches because I looked at the 27th ranked defense, run defense of the Chargers, and I said even though the Raiders were struggling winning the game, that that was a matchup they could exploit. If I know it, they watching film. They know it. And they were going to exploit that and run the football. Jacobs had 135 yards on the ground. I knew it, and I said it. Go ahead. I'm glad you brought that up. That was documented on the show, but go ahead. I, I see you digging like you're looking for lost treasure. Go right ahead. Nope. I picked the Raiders to win. I don't know if y'all can see that. 30 picks of the week. 35 to 34, right? 30, And that was almost dead right because they won 35 to 32. Congratulations, cousin. Okay, no, hold on for some congratulations. You know why I picked the Raiders to win? Because this coach stinks. How about that? I knew he was going to make a horrible call. He did. It cost him three points. If he would have had those three points, they'd be winning 36 to 35. That's why. How about that? I mean, listen. This coach is hard. Like I said, I, I'm the one that had the courtesy to actually go in depth with analysis and X's and O's, and that's what I did on my team. Yeah, I, went I said it wasn't school. about no coach. It wasn't about who had a better quarterback. It was about schematic issues and things that could have been exploited. And I said right. the run defense of the Chargers is ranked 27. They're going to win the football. It's no coincidence that Jacobs had his first 135-yard game all season. All right, he did. They, they converted. The, um, the charges that got to Justin Herbert, like I said, the game was going to be one of the trenches. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the schemes. I don't care about coach, this, that. We already had the conversation about coaching. I picked the Raiders because they were a better physical team. They were going to be the dominant team. The Chargers, they dominated the trenches in the first meeting. And I said the Raiders were going to do so because they went on the road and beat the Colts. Right? Why nobody's talking about the Raiders? 
They're playing good. They're playing right at the right time. All right. They literally had so much things going on, and they beat the Colts on the road. Oh, no, Raiders, if it wasn't for a fluke play, listen, that game would look totally different. Listen, and they won against the Chargers. That's listen, it. The Raiders deserve right, a they... lot of credit because the LA Chargers got a better roster. Sure. Yeah, I was just gonna say that um the Raiders team, you know, for whatever head coach um is out there right now, I think Brian Flores can actually feel well with this Raiders team for multiple reasons. I think the offense, mm-hmm. I think offensively, the Raiders know what they have. And I think um, Brian Flores would be more comfortable with a guy like Derek Carr as the quarterback and able to just allow him to throw the ball. I think one thing that was wrong with Miami was that there was a lot of opportunities that they weren't really uh, deep ball threats uh, for multiple reasons. Two uh, backup quarterback issues, receiver issues. So I think with this Raiders team, I think maybe the uh, playbook gets opened up with Brian Flores as a Raider head coach. And then the defense is going to be good, stout. I think one thing about the Raiders is that, like um, Lil said earlier in the show, they they fight. You know they're a gritty team. They they they're a rough and tough defense a team all together. But I think there's someone that that hustles every play. A team that hustles every play. And I think a guy like Brian Flores could work in that or, or that in that locker room. But back to like the Chargers. Um, there's a lot of issues going over there in L.A. You know, and I think one thing that um is for certain is that the play calling needs to be better. Um, you know, I, I think you know we can talk about analytics. We can talk about a lot of different things about the numbers, but um, the numbers have shown shown us this, se- this season that it, has, it hasn't been in the Chargers' favor. They lost a couple games that could have been um, wins if they would have just played it safe or they would they would have just kicked the field goal or if they would, didn't go for it on fourth and whatever. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where the Chargers could have won more games and they wouldn't be in a situation where this game is the, is, the, is predicated on them. If they win, they go to playoffs. If they lose, they're, they're staying home. So I think, you know, like I said, the analytics tell you a lot of different things, but when you look at each game that they played the analytics on, um, if they didn't play those those numbers, they could have won more games. So I, I think that's just how Once again, how. once again, you came out to play calling in some of those calls once again. So, I, you know, like I said, the play calling, fine. I'll give you that. That's questionable. But let, let, let's be, you know, consistent here. Number two, I'm done with this analytic conversation. Um, and I'm also done with what I'm done with, too, is the fact that... Um, I don't understand how you out here giving head coaching opportunities, Zach. I mean, um, Zay. I mean, kid, this boy, this intern, he got this team to the playoffs. Can he get an interview? Can he get? Can he like get consideration to keep the job? Let's see how they go in the forward. You know, let's see nah, how they the, play. The, the fact that he, he said he was against Cincinnati. Come on, bro. Why are we giving head coach a job? You got this team to the playoffs. Something John Gruden didn't do. Okay. Something that guy's a guy got hundred million dollars. He didn't do. They were six like and fact. seven. The fact that this guy said on an interview publicly that we were certainly thinking about playing for the tie, nah, you gotta get out of here. We wanna play for wins. We don't play for ties. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta play for wins. I ain't going to a locker room like, hey, listen, guys, this is a good team we're playing. We're playing for the tie. What you say was set trip. You really think he was going? Bro, I established that, bro. I showed you the damn play. They were not going for the tie. He just was set tripping and make it add another story. He liked TMZ. You know, let me let me know if Bill Belichick would do something like that. Yeah, hey guys, we're gonna go play for the tie. Look at, look. He wasn't. He wasn't playing for the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> Once again, I just want to say this uh, about um, the the whole game in general, right? Because I'm done with the analytic talk. I, I think we beat the horse on that already. How we gonna feel? How we gonna feel when it comes to the analytics and that sort? And um, how we feel about what's really the problem here? Number two, what I really want to focus my attention on is that I think if I was the Chargers and the Raiders pre-game, I would have huddled up, come to some type of collaboration where I would have took a knee in honor of Colin Kaepernick made a political statement or something like that 
and I just got out of there with a tie. Me personally, why? Not because I'm out here trying to be a soft individual. It's because I know how football is tough. In 60 minutes, you get injured. You got have sustained injuries. You had Jacobs with a broken rib playing, and, and um, you know, guys that can get hurt. The Raiders' perspective, they're so thin. That loss of Henry Ruggs eliminated a big deep threat down the football field. You have a running back that's playing with injured ribs. He gets hurt. Clearly, he didn't, but considering before the game, he gets hurt. Dan Waller literally barely made this game. He was out for a couple weeks. He barely made this game. You got guys injured. You want to go in. You want to get in. The Chargers, you know that you lost to the Texans. Not every win is a guarantee. I would have came to collaboration. I would have knelt for 60 minutes and got out of there with a tie. Um, and that's why I feel that because you started the game and you were playing the game, that you were not going to consider going for the tie when you had the opportunity to win. And I stand by that. Yeah, I mean, listen. It is what it is, bro. Sometimes we got to work together and collaborate, right? Why can't we be friends? That's the song. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be in the playoffs? But, you know, well, it is what it is. They gave us a good game and potentially game of the year. Yeah, it was it was a great game, though. I, I, after all of that, it was a lot of spectacular highlights. I think Justin Herbert, uh, he played great. Um, he throws the ball, man. Um, he's sensational. I just hope this, you know, he get an opportunity to play in the big games. One more thing, cousin. Oh, go ahead, cousin. Let me let you finish your take. But the only thing I will say real quick, um, you know, they division rivals, and maybe that's why they probably couldn't huddle up and meet up. You know what I mean? San Diego, even though now they're in LA, Oakland, now they're in Las Vegas. It, it's been a heated rival for years. Maybe they look at this the franchises. Maybe even the owner came down to look, make sure we knocked them out the playoffs. Who knows? I don't know. You know what I mean? So you know, from that perspective, hey, you know, we got to see a great game last night. I would say this. And I know I said I'm leaving that analytic talk. Oh. <laughs> you know, Lil, bro, you can't trust Lil when I say I'm leaving the topic because I'm just that type of dude, bro. When Lil got something to say, something crosses his mind, it's, it's hard not to be tempted to touch. Shout out to Rupe. Okay? But let me say this, okay? And um, going back to that analytic talk, just for a second. But, you know, you never know anyway. in this show it leads. It leads to places, but... We don't got the oh, yeah. time, but you know, I would say this: Charges down twenty-nine to fourteen for number six. Was it twenty-nine to fourteen? Twenty-nine, 26, 14. Right. 29. Okay, 29. 29-14. They go for the touchdown. They get back the ball. They go for the touchdown. They score. They win for two. Twenty-two, twenty-nine is the score. Okay, cool. Right, you stop them. You get the ball back. You score a touchdown on fourth and ten. The Mike Williams, great pass by Justin Herbert. The way how he fit that in, it was a rocket. It was a bullet. Credit to Williams for catching that. Okay, cool. Score the touchdown. Hmm. Why didn't you go for play, two? I played the analytics all year, right? Because yeah. what I'm not what I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they made the wrong call there. But I just want to say, I just want to show you something real quickly here. I want to bring you, you know, outside to the stars and point to that shooting star right there. And say, yo, <clears throat> uh-huh. that's what's going on. Right. I ain't saying they made the wrong call. I would probably, I would keep the field goal. But if Brandon Staley decided that he was uh-huh. going to take a page out of his own book and go for it. Right. And they didn't convert, he would have got criticized for it and flack, you know, because you went for it, right? And you didn't make right. it. But it just right. goes to show you that there's still a whole quarter, which is overtime to be played. And when we go back to these John Harbaugh situations and people say, John Harbaugh, you outright cost your team two wins? No, he didn't. He cost his team overtime. Overtime, anything can happen. You can get back right. the ball, you can lose a coin toss, you can lose a game there. But he didn't right. outrightly lose his team that game. Right. What's the other side of the 50? 
We're the first down. Go win the championship. Yeah, the and play the numbers. I'm, you know. What I'm <laughs> saying is that I just want to highlight the fact that anything can happen in overtime to the point where of course you can. didn't outright you didn't outright lose your game your, your team you again. That's what I'm. Nothing is outright. Nothing is outright loss. But the way I say it, because I want to put beat, beat down these athletes. Oh, hey, outright losses. No, listen, I'm glad you see, said that. I just wanted to make that. I, 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 I don't, don't think. I don't think. I think you missed the point. I'm not a person who's against analytics, right? I'm against analytics of say or know all. Analytics should not just be the only answer you answer to. You got to answer to the feel of the game, the feel of your team, the feel of the situation. You got to pick that stuff into play. Yes, head coaching is not easy. It's difficult. Analytics should play a part of the game. But once know, it becomes I'm, the game, it's problematic. All I'm, saying, all I'm saying is when you look at the charges, and I'm done after this, and I'm really done. I'm not even going to laugh this off. I don't care what comes to my mind going forward. We have more shows. To dive into that But what I'm saying Is when you look at the Chargers On both sides of the ball Clearly When we talk about How much talent The Chargers have That's offensively We talking about here That defense is so bad And it makes me look And say Brandon Staley Trust this offense Which Didn't convert Because they converted Six out of seven in, in this game Why didn't that happen Against the Chiefs Why couldn't they have That same type of ratio You know what I'm saying They converted Six out of seven In this game but they failed in all five against the Chiefs. So it's oh. like you take the gamble. Sometimes you hear this. Sometimes your team don't execute. I'm not going to blame him for trusting the mm -mm. best side of the ball when their defense throughout the year. Listen, the one good thing I say about the Chargers, they have been consistent defensively, which is getting decimated throughout the whole year. They've been consistent on that end. So I'm not mad for trusting. For him trusting his best player, Justin Herbert, to be clear, that's his best player. I'm not mad for him leaving him with the ball. If Justin Herbert converts, guess what? It makes Justin Herbert look good. Everybody yep. talk about those conversions. Oh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, he made some good-ass throws. But he did it in those, some of those conversions. And some of those conversions, the play call was off too. So, at the end of the day, it goes full circle. But once again, what I say is that I think the analytic conversation is just a conversation that everybody have their opinions about. And they're going to use right. this game as a way to debate those analytics when Clearly, there's 60 minutes in the football game, and clearly in this game in particular, there's so much penalties, 10 to be exact for the Chargers, that cost this team the game. I'm done. Because okay. if you want to go, uh, only thing I'm, gonna go say I'm is, done. Right. Only thing I'm going to say is, I, 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 I believe in analytics, right? I think analytics have a part in sports. I think it really do. But when analytics is to tell all, then why you need a coach? You understand what I'm saying? You don't even need a coach to make a tough decision. You got coordinators. You do not need a head coach to make tough decisions. That's what the coach says. He got to have the feel of the team, and he can use analytics to make a decision. When analytics take over, it becomes problematic for me. I just don't like it to be the overall tell-all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, it it's like a time, it's a place for analytics. It looked like the Raiders could agree with that. Oh, we don't need a coach because guess what? With an interim coach, we became the first team in NFL history to get to the playoffs with an interim coach. So I think the Raiders will cheers to that. Uh, not throwing shots at my boy. Like I said, he should get highly considered, especially what they depending on what they do in the playoffs. But ladies and gentlemen, we have reached halftime. And when we come back for hour number two, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. I know y'all love the debates. I know y'all want us to keep going. But we got to run these ads. We got to pay the bills, like my guy Shot Takes will say. And we also got to play these songs to get y'all digesting and debating what y'all heard amongst y'all peers. And we'll be back having no fear, as usual, for our number two.
The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. And we are back for hour number two here on In The Huddle. After spicy hour number one, it's time to go and talk about the rest of the games that we have here on the agenda. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G! Leads the 49ers come back win from 17 down to stun the Rams 27-24 in OT. Now, I want to talk about this game, and I want to follow it up with a question that we could talk about after I take about the game, which is, are the 49ers the most dangerous wild-caught underdog to a contender? And what I mean by underdog, because I clearly looked at the the Vegas ratings and the, uh, the Vegas picks, and they actually had the 49ers as a favorite. Yesterday they did, uh, and beating the Cowboys. I won't call them an underdog, but you know what I mean. A team that doesn't right. have the number one or two seed that um is bottom in the standings, and do they have the best shot? Are they the most dangerous? And I wanna I think I wanna start this one off. Um, I actually feel like throwing myself a lob in this topic. Um, I would say this about this entire game. This was probably the second best game. Not probably. It was the second best game on TV. Um, yesterday, and despite being down seventeen to zero. One thing I would say about the 49ers is that they didn't abandon the run. You know, most people, they fail, and that was a, that was always an old conception. Right? We talk about analytics. We talk about, um, you know, all the, all the ways of thinking. And all the ways of thinking suggest that, you know, you get down by a couple touchdowns and you're probably going to have to pass to win the game. But I, I call that BS. You know, I still think if you're able to run the ball and play defense and get back the ball, you can find your way in, in games. And I've seen it done in the present time before plenty of times and i think the 49ers didn't go away from what makes them them they know running the football with elijah mitchell they had about 135 yards yards on the ground that the rams did not account for they was like listen we know jimmy g is not the guy to step between the tackles and and um, actually make the throws down the field between the hashes all the throws we're going to run the football and make the game easier for our quarterback which is their primary juice which is one base system and let your quarterback make the easy throws. And they did. And they stuck with their guns. And it's funny. And I want to come at Sean McVay sideways here. I, you know, I guess you could say I came at Mike Tomlin sideways earlier to start the show. Lil got some smoke today up his pocket. Yeah, I do. A lot for the head coach today. It's Black Monday for crying out loud. But um, I want to come at Sean McVay sideways here. Because there was a point in time, I believe, going into halftime, it was 17-0. I may be wrong, but it was up. By a couple scores. I do know that. At halftime. And I see this cat. Out here celebrating. In the end zone. Ever since that celebration. Everything went down from here. Matthew Stafford. First half. They was throwing. You know. He looked good. He looked fresh. The first half. He threw a couple touchdowns to. Well he threw one touchdown to um, Tyler Higby. He also had a couple passes thrown to him. He was looking good. He was making the throws. Dropping it perfectly in the bucket. He looked good. But after that celebration. At halftime. It was a wrap. And that's why I want to come at Sean McVay. Because you should, first of all, you're a head coach. You're supposed to preach 60 minutes of football to your team. Why the hell are you celebrating like you won the Super Bowl? He did that in that Tampa Bay game. And Tampa Bay almost came back and won the game clear. They almost did. They didn't. They they fell short. And that's my thing with Sean McVay. Why are you out here celebrating at halftime? You didn't catch up the number two seed yet. That's the thing with Sean McVay. Um, obviously, he's a young coach, player, and he's going to have young mistakes. And I think that was a very big mistake. Now, it may not be an X's and O's 
mistake that I'm calling out here. But I think it was a mistake because you need to preach and be a living example to your team of 60-minute play. That wasn't a 60-minute move. That was a, oh, we won the game move. No, you didn't win the game. Clearly, you lost the game. Second of all, Jimmy G. I don't know. Something about this cat that I went to bat for this dude for. For the years. Zay, you know that. You know I went to bat for Jimmy G. There's a reason why. I'll take Jimmy G any day, twice on a Sunday, and maybe five times on a Thursday, over Carson Wentz. Why? Because Jimmy G knows what he's good at and what he's not good at. Jimmy G knows he can make the throw slants to Brandon Ayuk, get the ball to Debo, maybe occasionally a throw up the middle of the field to George Kittle. But he doesn't try to play hero ball because he knows he's not a hero. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, and we'll get to him later, he tries to play that hero ball. I'll take Jimmy G any day. Would you say Carson Wentz is more talented? Probably. Yeah, you could say that. He got a more stronger arm, whatever. But Jimmy G, I'll take him any day over Carson Wentz. Clear, he had a great game, the best game of his career, in a game that mattered, where he needed to win this game from his arm at one point in the game, which was in the fourth, and he made the throws. When they punted the ball after that interception, I thought it was a wrap. The fact that the defense came and made the stop and got the offense back the ball to Jimmy G, and Jimmy G made some throws to Debo um, to get down the field, and obviously capping that off. With a touchdown, a 14 touchdown, a 14 yard touchdown to Jawan Jennings. I was impressed by Jimmy G. I think if Jimmy G has a historic playoff run, you have to consider bringing him back. I know it's going to be a dicey situation. He's on a one year deal. Do you really want to extend him, pay money for this guy? But I just don't know, bro. If he has a Cinderella year, but he at least gets to the NFC Championship game, you have to consider it because clearly you still can win with Jimmy G. But credit to him, great performance, and I'll come back for my second lap go round. Uh, we talk about the 49ers, right? Um, I think they are the most dangerous underdog team in the playoffs. Because I said it all season, they just need to get their, their stuff together as a roster. Once their roster is healthy, this team is dangerous. They're one of the more talented teams in the NFL, just based on how much talent they have on defense and uh athletes they have on offense like these guys out there even Debo going from receiver to running back is just is just a tremendous upside for this team he's able to just do it all for this team you you literally uh, uh Swiss Army knife this guy does it all for this team he can throw the ball he can catch the ball he can run the ball this man he can block he, he could probably coach too if they given given opportunity this guy could do it all and um, has done it all and I think it's a it's um gonna be a struggle for any team that goes against this um, 49ers team. You know, we'll talk about the Cowboys, how we have, they have a lot of questionable play callers. The coaching is in question with Mike McCarthy. You know, we know they have talent, but sometimes they just don't play like the most talented team on the field and they lose games. They could be one of those victims of the 49ers if they just come out lackadaisical. You know, the 49ers are a team, as we saw against the Rams, they score 14 points in the third quarter. You know, and I think that's a big issue with the Rams. I would say the Rams definitely their defense collapsed in that third quarter and or that second half completely. But um, nonetheless, I think the 49ers are a dangerous team. Uh, I think they they have an opportunity to play four straight games of just absolute great football. Just based on the talent they have, that's all you need right now. It's four straight games. It doesn't matter what happened during the season because you're in the playoffs now. Now it's literally 0-0. You have to just have four straight weeks of excellence. And they can do it. You know, they, if they have to play the Rams again, they beat the Rams twice during the season. So they play them again in the playoffs. What says the third, you know, I mean, third time's the charm, right? Maybe the Rams win, but right now we can say the 49ers can beat them again. 
you know, then you have to start focusing on like the Green Bay or Tampa Bay or like those are teams that the 49ers will probably will be like the main focuses on. But right now, I know in that locker room, it's just like, hey, one game at a time, let's just tackle whatever opponents in front of us and just, you know, knock them out. Like I said, four straight games of football, you're a champion. So let's see, let's see what this 49ers team can do. But I have belief that with the talent in that locker room, they can absolutely uh, make a miracle happen and win, win, and go into go deep into the playoffs. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, yeah, no, nah, Jay, I think we all hitting on all cylinders here. I think San Fran is the most dangerous team. Uh, just want to go on record again. I picked San Fran. I don't know if y'all can see that, but I picked San Fran 27-24. Um, I mean, 28-27, and the score was 27-24, so clearly pretty system status. I don't know what I'm doing here. But anyway, yeah, San Fran is a very talented team. Um, offensively, defensively, um, Jimmy G. Can he handle the pressure in the playoff against stout defense? Stiff competition night in and night out. Yes, he beat the Rams twice. The Rams was number one defense last year, but they're not the number one defense this year. There's a different defense, no disrespect. But can Jimmy G do it? He can do it. He got the talent to do it. I'm a little sketchy with him because even when San Francisco made their run to the Super Bowl, he actually didn't play well. Okay? They actually just ran the ball well. Okay? That's what happened. They played great defense and he was running the rock. Okay? And now in the Super Bowl, he he put up some numbers in the Super Bowl. Um, but again, he kind of cost him in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? So, can he do it for four games? I don't see that. Can he make some noise in the playoffs? Yeah, I think he can go beat Dallas. And that's about it right there. No disrespect to San Fran. I think they can beat Dallas. And I think they'll be the one team um, this weekend coming up that's on the road that have a legitimate shot to win. Most of these teams that's on the road, they they going against superior competition. And I think most teams that's at home this week, they most likely going to win. San Fran probably the one team that's on the road that got a legitimate shot to go out there and win. Now, if you want to go to, I think, I think the, um, the Rams is playing the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They did split. Um, not that I trust the Rams or trust the Cardinals, but the Cardinals been playing horrible too. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's, it's like that. I think San Fran, from a talent perspective, can go to Dallas, look at Dallas, because I, I think Dallas is overrated. Y'all know how I feel about Dallas. And I am an Eagle fan. It is what it is. But I think Dallas is overrated. I told y'all I think the defense is overrated. I think Dak Prescott is overrated. I just think they're overrated. So, San Fran is playing the perfect opponent, because had San Fran been playing Tampa Bay, I'd be like, oh, San Fran's finished. You see that? So, it's about matchups, because if San Fran was playing Tampa Bay right now, San Fran's going home round one. If San Fran, San Fran is playing Dallas, I give San Fran an opportunity to win. That's it. That's just how it goes. I don't know, because I don't think you're giving the 49ers as much credit. Yes, you did answer the question, calling them dangerous, but how dangerous are they if they only could get past the Cowboys? I think That's you need to go back to the revert to that question. On no, that you I think they're dangerous. They can, they, can make it, they can make it tough for some teams, but we got to be realistic. They're not. You think they're going to be Tampa Bay? If they were to play Tampa Bay right now, I'm gonna with my dude Tom Brady from the okay, from the so, from the from again, my th- belief of Tom Brady. Right, but I don't think that's a blow. I think that's an even matchup, bro. The, the, listen, at this time, the if they would play them week one uh, right now, wild card. The four nines have a great shot because the Buccaneers are not healthy right now. They have a better chance of getting healthy in a couple weeks as the weeks go on. So I wanna, if me, I wanna avoid the 49ers at all costs as a Buccaneers fan. I will tell you that. If you wanna know my prediction. <laughs> I don't got to give it until they play. But I would want to avoid them. I'm glad that we didn't have to see them. I'll leave it at that. 
playing at hot at the right time. I don't want to see them right now. Glad we mm -hmm. don't. So I think I'm gonna agree 100 with with Zay here. The four nines are very dangerous, and I disagree with your point, Cuzzo. Yeah, they have a good shot of being the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have a good shot of winning too. The reason why I'm saying it is because I don't want to give away my prediction, so I gotta be even even. Think it's a up in the air game, just like a lot of these games are up in the air. But I think the Cardinals have a good shot too. Um, they split with the Rams. Sometimes they split. Talent for talent, same to me. I think in a dome. I mean, either way, it's a dome. No, listen, listen. It could go either way. Quarterback play at the right time. The Bills and yeah, the Patriots. I mean, the Bill, the Patriots went over there. The the Buffalo, and won. You know, I, Bill Belichick. I can see it either way. I don't see that either way. I definitely see that either way because they split. Um, and um, remember, the I don't know what the weather's gonna be in Buffalo. But like right. I said before previously on my show, the Buffalo Bills are not even built to play in their own habitat because their own habitat, snow, wind, causes them to win the football, which they can't do. The Colts beat them in their habitat, and the Patriots did as well because they were able to win the football. Until I get it. I saw it. Yeah. So it's a 50-50 game in my opinion. So I will refute back that statement. I think every team pretty much has a good shot, even the Eagles. Well, not no. great shot, but good shot. Good, some great, some good. We, we going too so. far now. <laughs> Listen, bro, I'm a Buccaneers fan. I would say, you know, they have a, a shot. I would see it leave like that. I'm a fan, no doubt. But we both. Um, Listen, yeah. I didn't have Jaylen a shot. Hurts. Listen, I don't give the Eagles a legitimate shot. If they win, it's legitimate upset. If San Fran beat Dallas, I'm not calling an upset. Just saying San Fran I, I is just, better. I just look at the Eagles so, and I think you know right, the, the way how they playing football right now is just. I, I hear what you're saying, but if the Eagles beat Tampa Bay, is that an upset? 100%. Yeah, 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 100%. Okay, so if, if San Fran beat Dallas, is that an upset? Not really. No. That's my point. So you have to make my point. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, I, I said a shot. Like, like, right. but a shot is a shot. Going to happen. Like everybody got a punch's chance. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, right. it's a punch's chance. Like, punch's right. chance. But, 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 yeah, of course, it's football. Everybody got a punch's chance. It's football, chance. brother. But, like, but, one and they done. Of course, everybody got a punch's chance in football. But if the Eagles go beat Tampa Bay, we coming, we coming back here on Monday. That was a major upset. If San yeah, Fran beat Dallas, we just gonna say San Francisco is actually better. What I'm saying is an upset from the perspective that it's Tom Brady who we trust. But like I said, the way how the Eagles are playing, not that the Buccaneers are playing that. I think they're actually playing on their best football despite everything going on. Mm -hmm. The Eagles are playing good, hot. Momentum, what we know about teams historically playing hot at the right time, they mm -hmm. generally are prone to upsets. I could go back in time, which I'm not going to yeah. do because we headed for time, about right. teams that were highly favored that lost at home. The Packers uh, ring I, a bell a lot of times. Okay, so yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I give but every team still, a shot. Right. Every anyway. this is the NFL, bro. Every team got a shot. You can got a shot to win a game. Yeah, my lines detected. Game. <laughs> Listen, everybody got a shot. My lines detected. But. San Francisco got more than a shot. San Francisco probably is better than Dallas. I'm not looking at the Eagles as probably better than Tampa Bay. From a from a talent perspective, I think I think San Fran is better than, than Dallas. I mean, talent perspective? Well, I'm talking about. Oh, 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 Listen, I'm not I'm, I'm talking about boy, what you talking about, I'm wait, talking about talent in the totality. Same thing in the totality got a more about, talented team than Dallas? I'm talking about paper. The Dallas Cowboys, they got Amari Cooper, they got CD Lamb, they got Cedric Wilson, who's a star better than my, well, I don't say better than me. Hold on, hold on. So now hold on. Like, bro, this guy had 140 <laughs> yards last week. 
I'm ready to go. So, wait, so, wait, so before the season. Cowboys, bro. So, before the season, time out, time out. So, before the season, they were talking about the big three. CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson. That that was the big three receiver court for the Dallas Cowboys. You can back yourself up in the corner because I was on the show and I can reroll the clips. Why I said when Mike Gallup was hurt after the Buccaneers game, I'm not worried. You remember I picked up Cedric Wilson in fantasy? Well, you probably don't remember that, but I picked up Cedric Wilson in fantasy well, for a minute because I know the last year against the Seahawks. That one game he played, he had 100 yards in that game. Well, so I mean, I how many receiver options the Cowboys have? But let's he, just, I'm going to They got tight ends. Right. They got better defensive players. Bro, they got better defensive not, players. I don't think they got better defensive players. I don't think they got better defensive players. That's what they That's Mike and Carson's having a great year. They're giving an 87 of an outstanding year. That's on paper. Let's be real. The Dallas Cowboys is overrated. Offensive line is overrated. Okay? They you know how much yards the 49 gave up this year defensively? Yeah, they yeah, went third, 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 third in the league in, in defense and in, in, um, defensive yardage. They went third. Oh, overall defense, bro. Overall defense, they went third in, 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 in yards given up. The 49ers are stout. The 49ers defense is stout. Bro, you look at these scores, bro. You look at these He's scores, talking about bro, points. He's talking about yardage. The yardage. They only gave them three. They only get their third in the league in, the, granted, in yards they, they given play up. Good. They play good in the second half against the Rams, and I'll get to that in a second. But, bro, come on. The Cowboys, I believe, have a have better challenge. That's not even close. Well, it's close, but it's not close. Nah. Like t on paper, I'm talking about on paper, they have a better offense, and they have I a think better. They overrated. Defense. The offense line is overrated to me. Yeah, like I said, I think I think the 49ers are. are, are, are I think, I think somebody team. here was on a record a couple weeks ago that said the Cowboys are the most talented team. They just overrated. I heard that from somebody's mouth here on the Who show, me? and it wasn't mine. Who me? Somebody right on this show oh, said that. Talented? Oh, I ain't, I ain't, I, they overrated. Hey, didn't you say know. they were the more, ta more talented team in the NFL at one point? No, I said that? The oh, Dallas Cowboys? Oh, are you saying that? Bro, come on, why are you acting, come on. Nah, I never, bro, I know you know it was the first thing, what's the first thing I always say on this, on the show? The Cowboys are benefiting off of an average defense and their offense is stout, they lights out, they can play football, they can score points, but the defense is playing average. I, I don't, Listen, I don't know, you know what's funny? I remember this conversation, because you told me, you told me that the Cowboys were top five defense in the league. Bro, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you told me the Cowboys were top five defense in the league at one point. And I was they like, no, they're just benefiting of an average running backs. Like, they have tight ends. They have wide receivers. They have more. They have like six offensive options. Base. And I agree. What not is Adebo Samuel base. They take How about the out of the game. How about Kittles? Wait, 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 wait. Don't get the, talking about Kittles don't even get the ball thrown to him barely, bro. Look, look, look at his targets. Look at his targets in the last couple games. And come back to me. The 49ers the four better than the defense, though. Listen, the 49ers are better than the defense. You all know that. But offensively, they can score points, and they know how to get points on the board. I'm saying the that they're talented. talented. Team on paper. Because even if you want to say by numbers, the 49ers have a better defense. You said from a talent perspective. So I'm not going talent by eye talent. test. I'm going by talent. Look at the names on the Cowboys. They have better I'm names. They have bigger names. Talented. How do we look at names and determine talent? That, that's not right. We can't look at names and determine talent. Gregory, Lawrence, all those guys are talented guys. Overrated. I'm telling you, the 49ers, their right. defense is stout, though. And we have to understand, too. Talent, also, when you're a talented player, you also have to have discipline. The 49ers are talented and disciplined. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys, oh, we've seen, we seen, uh, we seen Diggs. Corner, Diggs. Diggs gives up the most yards out of any quarterback. He gives up the most yards. That's overrated. 
So what do you got anyway, the most interceptions? Anyway, anyway. Yeah, to give up the most yards than any quarterback. I was not prepared. I was not prepared to go this route. I think football one on one is football one on one, but clearly we have to have debates on football one on one. Cowboys <laughs> clearly have the most time <laughs> lost on the team. I, I, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not even about to entertain that. I broke football I, one. I, I'm <laughs> not even about to entertain that <laughs> foolishness, bro. There's some foolishness that you just can't even entertain. Let's move on. Let's go back to that point that I made about McVeigh. And um, that celebration, right? Because that celebration yeah. really got to me. Like that right now, I know a lot of people ain't going to make a fuss about it in the media because there was so much things that happened in the game. But I am. I mean, the 49ers went on a 27-7 run after mm -hmm. that celebration, bro. But yes, the 49ers, they defense, I would admit, came. Oh, bro. Second half, no question. They shut down. I believe they only gave up one play of 15 yards in that second half. First half, it was looking spooky. It looked a little spooky defensively with Sean, uh, with, um, Sean McVay where he was dialing. But um, defensively, second half, played insurmountable. They did what they had to do. And once again, I want to go back to a point that Freddie made, right? Because he said that um, Jimmy G had his moments where he looked off in the playoffs. No lies detected. I want to make that clear. Where he looked off and they were still able to run the football. That's Kyle Shanahan. So when we go back to my debate about Mike Tomlin and you... You was ready to have a fit when I was ready to say Sean, um, Sean, um, not Sean. Kyle Shanahan was higher than Mike Tomlin. You was ready to have a debate. But from an X's and O's perspective, Kyle Shanahan clearly knows what he's doing. He's clearly a top five coach in the league because he has a system where the quarterback, the all he has to do is make easy This stars. went straight over your head, Cuzzo. It's debatable. He is not clear cut. Better. So what That's we, a debate. What's, what's the metric? What's the I that's a debate. To, that is debatable. The only debate. person that's not debatable, really debatable is yes, it is really debatable. It's it actually debatable. is. It's you really debatable. Mike Tom is a better coach than Kyle Shanahan. I'm saying it's debatable. Did you know it's no, debatable? It, it, it's debatable. It's, it's debatable to Steelers fans. It's debatable to Steelers fans because they know it's not. not. It's debatable. Ain't no way we gonna sit here and say Mike Tom is a well. When I'm, I'm gonna take right here. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you right here then. If you want to throw championships off the table and throw wins off yeah, the I'm table. Yeah, I'm not using that right now. Okay. That's Hall of Fame debate. Okay, you didn't let me finish my point, bro. If, if you throw championships off the table and you throw wins off the table and you're only going to go to X and O's, then we have to have a whole debate about everything when we talk about sports. Because at the end of the day, it always got to be the end result. Okay? When we say Tom Brady's the GOAT, it's because of championships. Not because I ain't throwing football. Yeah, and, and, and in modern times, in modern times, uh, at least Kyle Shanahan represented and got to a Super Bowl. Modern times, yeah. I'm talking about and the last time, time he had better football teams too. What? You got better football. You out of your mind. You out of your mind. You are you kidding me? Ain't you kidding me? You can yell all you want. He got. He, who got a better football team this year? The, the super cuzzo. Who got a better careful, football team this year? Careful here. Don't don't, don't do it to your career. Team this year? Don't do this to your career. Please don't. Yeah. Uh, no, please. You don't know. Who got a better football team this year? A 49ers. The 49ers team that got to the Super Bowl. No. And they have a better team. I said, who got a better football team this year? The years that Mike Tomlin had the killer bees. Listen, he was going against Tom Brady. Yo, you, you kidding me? That's like saying, that's like saying a great player that went against Michael Jordan. They not great? Yeah, they was great. They played Jordan. That's why they lost. If Tom Brady's the GOAT, he can beat people like that. I don't care about no killer beat. Did they play against the GOAT or not? Well, if you're a great coach, and, and you're the best coach in NFL, you will find goal. a way to win that game. No, no he'll find a way to win that game. Did he play against the GOAT? Now, let, let, let me say here about the defense oh. ready, as usual. No, no, no. I'm just saying, earlier in the show, he said there was one coach that was not, not, um, not arguable as a... Um, 
worse than Bill Mike Tomlin. He said there was only one coach that was better than Mike Tomlin, and it was undebatable, and that was Bill Belichick. And that's the person he went up against was Bill Belichick. Right, but, but um, I don't, I don't see the comparison there. At the end of the well, he's saying he's saying because that that's what you're saying the goat. So you went against the goat quarterback. John Harbaugh in the same division beat the pay. We out here. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. We're not about to do this here. The Patriots lost playoff games in this decade. The Patriots. The Patriots lost playoff games in the decade. We know that. They lost championships in this decade. Can I finish? They lost playoff games in this decade. They can be beat. The Ravens in the same division defeated the Patriots two times in the playoffs. Okay. Why? I don't, I'm not buying no excuses. Like this giant living in the hillside somewhere. They can't be beat. They've okay. been beat. Okay. The Jets for crying out loud beat the Patriots in the damn playoffs. The Jets. Okay. Well, you're not so if you got the killer no bees and you have a Hall of Fame quarterback Listen, and you beat not proving yourself, no I'm expecting you to at least win a matchup in the playoffs. Every time the point. Patriots play the Steelers, Listen. they got owned. In a Listen, regular season that, that and a playoff. You're trying to make, that point you're trying to make is so backwards. Okay? How is that If backwards? Mike Tomlin lost just to said, somebody that was cheesy over and over and over again, then I'll be like, I'm, yo. No, no. What I'm saying is that the here. Patriots can't be because they was beat. Let's, let's go here. Andy Reid lost to the Carolina Panthers at home, championship game. Tampa Bay at home, championship game. So what are we talking about? So you mean to tell me, Here's you do that Tomlin, you can't beat the Patriots one time regular season all playoffs in the Bill Belichick time period? Sometimes, sometimes, just, and sometimes that's how it works. That don't mean you're not great. Bro, come on. Jerry West, Jerry West never beat the Boston Celtics, okay? He lost to the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals eight times. He's a whole of You feel expectations. You, you feel on your expectations, and okay. that's just what it is. No, but um, that don't mean he's not great. He's the logo. He's great. Didn't say he wasn't great. I said he's overrated, and I stand by that. <laughs> but um, you know, like I said before, Cal Shanahan is a top five coach. He shows it, and that's why this team is always going to be in good hands. Because as long as you got Cal Shanahan, the only problem I have with Mister Twenty Eight to Three, and I know I can be jokey about it on the mic. It's because of that those Super Bowls in which I felt that he had some terrible calls that led to the comeback. But you know, every coach had their knickknacks. Bill Belichick had a terrible call when he decided to take out Eric Rowe. You what know, was Kyle, um, what was Kyle Shanahan record last year? Kyle Shanahan, they almost made the playoffs and they was decimated with injuries. Okay, you remember, you remember week two? You remember week two when all them guys so dropped? Bro. I just asked you a simple question. What was they record? They were like seven and nine. Okay, because like Mike Tomlin never coached a football team under 500. Well, he haven't had to deal with the injuries that the 49ers hey, had to deal with last year. What do you think this man? He hasn't dealt with mad injuries. Are you crazy? On this man, you can't coach in this league for 14 manager. years and not deal with injuries. So tell me the year. Me? Tell me the year. Go ahead, cousin. Football How story. Crazy, you bro. on the spot. Tell me the year. <laughs> what was the injuries? Who was hurt? Come on. I'm waiting. You can't it play is. sport for 14 years and not have injuries. You can't. Okay, you can say you're waiting because I don't got it in front of me. But you can't tell me that this man have been dealt with injuries. You're trying to tell me he's the luckiest head coach in the history of this league? Stop. Just saying. Oh, no, I'm just saying, tell me what Kyle Shanahan get a championship. How about I'm that? I'm just saying. Because a well, championship ex- man, hey, let me see Mike Tomlin with another one in the present day. Let me see him get another one in the present day. Let me see him get another one in the present day. You know what know what's the problem is? The problem is that he got a championship and his resume is stout. Cal Once Shanahan, again, this is not a Hall of Fame debate. 
This is the current 2021 or 2022. Current 2021. 2022. 2021. Debate. Mike Tomlin did more with less than Kyle Shanahan. His team is in the playoffs right now. Needed help, um, but yeah. It doesn't matter if you need help. Needed, needed help. Needed help. Sometimes you get help. Sometimes you get help. Games. Yeah, sometimes you get help. Games. And I guarantee you, the 49ers will go farther in the playoffs yeah, than the Steelers. Right, they both can get eliminated in the first round. Yeah, possibly. But we'll have to see. Maybe they do. But like I said before, I'm taking Kyle Shanahan to start my team today. And if okay, you want to debate, good. if you think it's up yeah. for debate, then hey, we'll take it. And that's your problem right there. Just because you say so, I said I didn't say Kyle Shanahan wasn't better. I said it's a debate. It's only one head coach that's clear. Anything is a debate. Better debating about what what day was better Saturday or Friday is a debate. But that don't make it a okay, point. That's great. A point debate. But a debate that should be happening. But Bill Belichick is the best coach in the NFL. That's not up for debate. That's not up for debate. So, ladies and gentlemen, talk about these head coaches. We well, guess what? Well, guess what? Bill Just because Belichick Bill Belichick is, is the GOAT doesn't mean anybody should try to win the game. Or not should try to win no, the game. you gotta try to Bill win Belichick the game. Belichick lost in the playoffs before, like I said before. Yeah. To the Jets, to the Ravens. They can okay. be beat. The Steelers failed. Simple. When okay. we come back from this commercial break, and they got ladies and gentlemen, we got uh, another topic here. We actually got, we got to talk about Carson Wentz here because that was ridiculous. We'll be right back here on In The Huddle. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on In The Huddle to close out the show with this last topic. Granted, we had a lot of topics left, but man, you know, sometimes the debates get intense and it extends and hey, at the end of the day, I can't be mad at that. There's more topics for later that we can save for the rest of the week. Who is more to blame for the Colts' embarrassing loss to the, to the Jaguars? 26 to 11. Oh, man. Frank Wright or Carson Wentz. This was ridiculous, but man. Sam, um, you want to get in here? Go ahead, Wright. Go out of here, man. It's Frank Wright. He, he, he is the exact reason why this team lost, and it's because of how he set this offense up this entire season. He, he banked on Jonathan Taylor being the entire offense this entire season. He was banking on him uh, pushing this team forward and getting the much-needed touchdowns, the much-needed yardage to get this team in positions to win. Um, Carson Wentz, despite having 26 touchdowns and six interceptions, he was relying upon a, a outstanding running game, damn near perfect running game, which the Colts were delivering on a week-to-week basis. Not only the Colts, excuse me, Jonathan Taylor was delivering on a week-to-week basis. And I think this um, this loss is um, definitely heavily on Frank Wright. Um, you know, I was yesterday blaming Jonathan Taylor for his lack of um, production and what he was doing. Um, that's because a lot of my friends are blaming the offensive line, the Colts offensive line. And in my mind, I'm like, he faced this, he had this offensive line all season. There should be no reason why. Right now is the, the reason why we blame the offensive line when he's not delivering. Uh, but, you know, after that, I, 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 I took a nap. I woke up and I was like, maybe, you know, Frank Wright is the main reason for this issue. Uh, I just think they, um, Carson Wentz is a quarterback when given more opportunities to really flourish. He doesn't take the, he doesn't take those opportunities often. You know, this guy sometimes is flops. He doesn't do what he needs to do. And I think yesterday they really needed him to kind of just ball out. And it unfortunately didn't happen. Um, that's the result. That's why they lost to the Jaguars 26 to 11. And I think they have to go back to the drawing board and revamp what they, what they just did. You know, I think when they trade a first round pick or a second pick for once, I forgot the exact uh, conversation that they traded. And, um, you know, Wentz didn't deliver. And unfortunately, this is the result, and it cost them a playoff. So that's that's 
exactly how I blame my coach. Does. Oh man, this is a tough one, bro. And I, I really want to go 50-50 split, but when I put my hand to the fire, I can't help it. And look at the common denominator of Carlson Wentz. To me, Carlson Wentz is a major bust. Uh, he had some unexplainable turnovers, and he had another one in that game, that fumble where he had the ball in his hand, just take the sack. He keeps trying to fight for yardage, and he can continue to watch film where he can see he should just go down instead of trying to make some great, great play and live to see another down, live to see another play, live to see another quarter. And he had a horrible turnover fumble, threw an interception, and the minute, the minute you got to put the game in Carlson Wentz's hands to go out and win, then you will lose because he's a game manager at the highest of levels. He could only game manage. He have the talent to gunsling, but it's going to get him in too much trouble because his decision making under that type of pressure is horrible. So you got to take the you got to you got to save Carlson Wentz from himself. Take the ball out of his hands and say we are you on a pitch count, bro. You can only throw the ball twenty five times a game. Once we get in that area, we got to recognize that we can't really throw the ball but too much. Because at the end of the day, if this is the quarterback that you want and he throws the ball 30 times, then you got to equate for two turnovers. You understand what I'm saying? You got to equate for two turnovers and two sacks. That's the, the, the extra five possessions, extra five passes, rather, will give you two turnovers and two sacks. So I, I don't trust Carlson Wentz. Trust me, he was a former Philadelphia Eagle. I thought he was colorblind when he was on the Eagles. Uh, yes. They gave up a lot of draft capital for him. The Eagles gave up draft capital for him. Everybody keep rolling the dice for Carlson Wentz. But this team, Indianapolis Colts last year, was in the playoffs. Indianapolis Colts last year won 11 games. So they had a quarterback in Phillip Rivers who retired. And he got them to 11 wins. Carlson Wentz is still in his 20s. And he can't get them to 10. And they out of the playoffs. Move on from Carlson Wentz. Frank, um, Frank Wright... Is a legitimate head coach. He knows what he's doing. He can handle business. But the problem is, he is he's putting too much faith into Carlson Wentz, and it's costing him. And maybe that's pressure from ownership. Maybe that's pressure from the GM because they made these moves. And maybe he got pressure. Yo, let Carlson Wentz throw the ball more. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I watched the Indianapolis Colts every single time Carlson Wentz threw the ball under 25 times. Most of the times, they won the game. The minute he went over 25 times, they started to lose the game. And I believe early in the season, when they was losing games, I think they started the season off as 1-4, he was throwing the ball about 30 to 35 times a game. Frank Wright dialed that back. That's coaching. Hey, let's take the ball out of his hands. He's making too many mistakes. They started to win games. Okay? I don't know what he's did lately, because lately, he's been putting the ball back in his hands. That could be pressure from management because they want to look right. GM, they always want to look right. Ownership, they want to look right. Yo, we made the right decision. Carlson Wentz is going to lead us to this great playoff run. And I just think Carlson Wentz, although got great arm talent, but he's a major bust, bro. That's the pretty system on that. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Zay here. And as, hey, listen, this question, you can obviously split 50-50. I can see a split 50-50. But the way how I'm looking at it is if I don't expect nothing from you, I'm not going to hold you to a standard. The reason why Tom Brady's the GOAT is because I expect Tom Brady to rise above. Now, the same could be said oppositely with other people. I don't expect nothing from them. I'm not shocked when they don't produce the results. Claire, it's that simple with me when it comes to Carson Wentz. I went on this record 
when this trade happened, we could have rolled the tapes. I'm not going to lie. It seemed like real Lil, Lil Shadamas getting his mojo back this year, especially towards the end. But I said before that I believe the Eagles won this trade. I said it then, and I have all the reasons to say so now. Number one, let's say how the Eagles won this trade, right? Let's go right to it. I got it right here. The Eagles get a top 20 pick, third round pick, $103 million in cash space and cap relief. And the Eagles are playing next week. And guess who's in Cancun? Saying Wagwan. That would be your Colts. So the Eagles clearly won this trade. They got rid of a Kansas in the locker room. This cat, from what I'm hearing, right? Clearly, I don't know to do. But from what I'm hearing, that he's a Kansas in the locker room. He's not a good teammate. He's not a good leader. Well, they got those qualities in Jalen Hurts. He's a hell of a leader. The Eagles won this trade. Carson Wentz. Yes, if you want to go actively to the game and look at his performance and say, well, he lost in the game, that's fair in some capacity. Clearly, 56% passing the football on his attempts. That can't happen. Excuse me, I go up the 58 a little bit, 2% higher. Still not much of a difference there. 58.6% to be exact. With a passer rating of 74.6%. 17 of 29 pass passing completions for 185 yards. Listen. This was a disaster. This is one of the biggest chokes that I can remember. And you know what's crazy? Why I got to ultimately go back and throw most of the blame on Frank Wright. Remember the Steelers in the Coast last year? When the Coast was up 28-7 to and the Steelers came back and won that game? That altered playoff seating because the Colts had to go on the road at Buffalo in which they lost that game. That was a choke by Frank Wright. Carson Wentz was a playing quarterback then. It was Phillip Rivers. And they still choke. So even though we can look at Frank Wright and say he's a good coach, because he is, X's and O's, there's no doubt about it. He's clearly a good coach, but he has failed with this team. And I know he's dealing with the cards that he's dealt. And sometimes that's that's how life operates. Life gives you terrible cards at times. It happens. Some people get good cards to play with, and some people get terrible cards. Frank Wright has been dealt terrible cards since he's been coaching. With Andrew Luck retiring, with an old age Aging Phillip Rivers, who we tied, who lost in that playoff game when it was perfectly joined up for them to win that game. They outperformed Buffalo in that wild card game. They still end up losing because Phillip Rivers couldn't make those. But nobody told you to go after Carson Wentz. Nobody. I said it. This guy led the league in interceptions last year. But coaches have egos. Oh, I can fix that guy. My scheme and dream can fix this guy. And we can win. Well, clearly, it hasn't. Had Carson Wentz, did he improve his game from last year? Yeah, stats would tell you that. But at the end of the day, I'm not looking for that. When I'm looking at this roster, I'm looking for championships. And Carson Wentz clearly was not that guy. And Frank White was the one in Chris Ballard's air, the GM, that said, go get me Carson Wentz. Well, he got you Carson Wentz. So at the end of the day, if you actively politicking for somebody, you better make sure the person that you're politicking for doesn't leave you at the door. And he brings you in and brings your team in. You're responsible for that individual. Because you politic for him. And clearly, Frank Wright is responsible for Carson Wentz. This game was terrible. The Jaguars wore clown masks and costumes to the game to protest their GM and why he should get fired. And you lost that game to the Jaguars. In a win and in situation, I'll take that any day of the week and twice on a Sunday. Against yeah. the Jaguars, who has the first pick in the draft back-to-back years. I'll take that any week. Carson Wentz choked. But guess what? I expected it. Frank Wright, you got to take most of the blame. You got to take most of the heat, my guy. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. Little Shadamas on the mic. Listen, um, 
Yeah, I can't disagree with that part. I like the way you put that when you said uh, he vouched for him. He did have some history with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. He was the quarterback coach, and him and Carson Wentz went 11-2. and Then Carson Wentz got hurt. So he probably thought, yo, we got some chemistry. We can do that thing. But what he didn't realize was that um, Carson Wentz, since then, has been concussioned multiple times. And he is a little colorblind, in my personal opinion. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. He throws a lot of interceptions. And Frank Wright should have dialed it back. Frank Wright should have dialed it back. And that is his job. He the one called the plays. He put the ball in Carson Wentz's hand. And he should have dialed it back. Um, and, and not just losing to the Jaguars, which is the worst team in the league, but they also they lost two games in a row, two games they probably should have won. So yeah, win in situations. Yeah, just win in, win and get in. That's a choke. That's coaching. Like I know Coach I know no, no, no. played bad I, 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 in those games. You, listen, I, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna give it to coaching because um, it got to be Frank White. I hate to do it to him, but you're right. It got to be coaching. Yeah. Um, is there you got any last words before I end my statement and end the show? No, I just think that um, you know, it wish it would have came out a different um outcome because I definitely did not anticipate the Jaguars beating the Colts, but that's also a good stepping stone for the Jaguars going into next season. <laughs> they you know they they beat a, a they just took out a team from a playoff uh a playoff, so that's that's you know that's something they can enjoy in the locker room. But uh, Frank Wright, this was a bad loss on his end, um, and you know it is definitely. Um, is a slight towards this Colts team because they went to a playoff with Phillip Rivers, but not with Carson Wentz. And that there you is go. <laughs> mm. And when you look mm. at it, the Jaguars, bro, you got to be feeling... I know there's a lot of reasons to feel the way how they obviously felt arriving to the game with clown uniform on. But, man, granted, you got the number one pick again for the second straight year. You could do damage with that. You got cast space. Um, the two teams that you beat... Or three teams I think they had three wins On um, the Bills Or maybe two The Bills and the and the, and the Colts Were two teams that Are in the playoffs right now <laughs> Our one Is in the playoffs right now The other one choked to you That should have been in the playoffs Who people Called the most And this is general conception here Not me Called the most dangerous team In the playoffs From either side Either conference Was the Colts People was really yeah, articles about that He said yep. it And if you're the Jaguars That's something that you could build off of who knows? Trevor Lawrence look good. This is the best game I've seen Trevor Lawrence play that's this year. Best. Yo, we didn't even talk about that. That's the best game Trevor Lawrence played this year. Yeah, look good. He looked like that. Looked like the generational prospect that was all hyped up to be. He made it yeah. those down the field. He looked comfortable. That's what I want to see more of next year. And we'll see if they have a right head coach that they hire that will take him there. But to end here. And the reason why, once again, like I said before, I can be here on this Carson Wentz anomaly, just um out here bashing this cat all day. Trust me, I might do that later on in the week. I don't know. I don't really like this cat. I don't think this guy can play football. I really don't. But at the end of the day, I know the game was much bigger than Carson Wentz. And Frank Wright, when you look at this, bro, Jonathan Taylor only had 15 attempts for 77 yards. Jonathan Taylor needs to touch the ball at least 23 to 25 times a game Absolutely. in order for them to win. Can't happen, shouldn't happen, and guess what? Now, my brother, in, in kind, in kindness of the Colts, what I'm going to do here, right? And I got to be kind. You know, I'm a kind person. I'm a kind individual at heart. And what I'm going to do for the Colts is I'm going to suggest a hotel in Cancun that y'all could go to because I know January playoff times are not in the playoffs. Y'all going to be vacationing. Check out the, the Rio. The Rio Hotel Cancun. I've been there a couple years. 
ago. They got good room service. They, they very good, man. When I walked up into the building, they came with the pina colada. They were too kind. They were far too kind to me. I'm pretty sure they'd be kind to you. And ladies and gentlemen, we kind to y'all with this show that we delivered on in the huddle here on this Monday. We'll be back middle of the week with some more. The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Be a dig, a dig.